The global pandemic COVID-19 has affected all African countries. In this podcast, we're taking a closer look at some of the specific activities carried out by Red Cross to raise awareness and confine the virus. My name is Kasper Christensen, and this is Danish Red Cross responding to COVID-19 in Africa. For today's episode, I've invited Adam Bornstein, specialist in innovative financing at Danish Red Cross, and Dorothy Nkonge, country manager for Danish Red Cross in Kenya, to talk about how the cryptocurrency community inclusive currency has been used in the COVID-19 response in Makuru in Kenya. It started back in 2019 or so, 2018, and uh, and then we applied for a grant in August 2019 with uh, Innovation Norway, and we did that together with Accenture, um, with Grassroots Economics as our partner on the ground, uh, Kenya Red Cross, the Norwegian Red Cross, um, and, and DSV, uh, which is the, the Danish logistics company. And in November, we were awarded the grant um, for roughly $1.2, $1.3 million. And then you decided to implement this uh, community-inclusive currency in Mokuru. Would you maybe describe the conditions in Mokuru? So Mokuru is um, an informal settlement, or what we call, in other words, an urban slum. It is a huge uh, catchment area where we have the less um, economically able persons in Nairobi living in uh, small villages spread across or along the Nairobi River. Um, and these villages are about six of them interconnected and we have people moving in and out of these uh, villages. And the main population or the main um, occupation that these people are involved in is basically informal economies. Most of them are seeking employment in the neighboring industries. Most of them are seeking employment in the neighboring affluent uh, residential areas, many are doing odd jobs in the city, and because this is a place where you can get cheap housing, which is basically houses that do not really meet the urban standards or codes of uh, construction, many people are living there in a very crowded shanties with poor sanitation. I mean, they don't have access to clean and safe water. They don't even have, you know, uh, hygiene facilities, so they're using communal bathrooms, communal uh, latrines. This is where people do not also have sort of access roads into their homes. So there are small narrow pathways in between the shelters and then an area also where there is really not much space in terms of uh, facilities for community recreation and also not too many um, facilities for their children probably to go to school or even to get health care. Why was this uh, a good fit for community inclusive currency? A couple of answers to that. The, the first one um, was that the Danish Red Cross had a program that they were working on in uh, Mukuru with community health workers, the volunteer community health workers, and um, that was together with the Kenya Red Cross. Uh, Mukuru has roughly 200, 210,000 individuals in in the um, in that kind of uh, informal settlement, which is actually quite large on the um, I'd say east side of Nairobi. Also, the um, the CIC program had about um, 600 people or households already in our system in Mukuru, 
which meant that we had already established a footprint with some of the chamas. And part of the solution for CICs is based on community cohesion and making sure that you're working closely with the communities because our goal is to eventually hand off the solution so that the elders and, and the individuals that are running these these um, communities, the chamas and the savings groups, the silks and the VLSAs, um, they actually can um, you know, take control of it. And so if there's no strong community cohesion, then it's really impossible for these things to survive in, in sort of a long-term uh, perspective. So um, McCrew offered a, a couple of really important things to us. It was also in an urban setting, and urban settings are really difficult um, to implement in um, programs because there's so many distractions and there's so many um, inputs that are, are, are flying around that it's hard to uh, qualify for them all and, and resolve for them. Uh, so it was a bit of a challenge, but in terms of COVID itself, that's where um, that's where there was there was um, a real need for it, especially with uh, urban youth and uh, individual uh, moms, uh, and and also thinking about kind of access to food and supply chains. I think in addition to what uh, Adam has said in terms of the choice of Mukuru, it's also worth to note that the Danish Red Cross has had a long-term programming in Mukuru and is the only key partner to Kenya Red Cross uh, in urban programming. Danish Red Cross has worked in the Mukuru slums since 2002, and this began as more, I mean, the programming of the work in Mukuru, in Mukuru settlements with Danish Red Cross and Kenya Red Cross started off more as a risk reduction uh, programming where we were only focusing on the fire safety, and, and this has really evolved to the point of where we're looking at a more broader perspective in terms of ensuring that communities are able to be resilient to the various and changing risks that they see, I mean, that they face in this urban setting. Dorothy, what did you think when you heard about this community inclusive currency? So initially when I had the talk about it, I wasn't very clear what it was. And I always thought, okay, com community inclusion currency. It sounded like Greek to me, to be very honest. <laughs> but uh, down on the ground, when we had just this really, you know, basic uh, description of what it is, which is basically the revolving currency among communities, then it made a lot of sense. And I think for me in Kenya, it made even more sense because I had heard about um, the currency, but in a different name. Uh, so in one of our media stations long, I think four or five years ago, this had been talked about, but I never paid attention to it. It was called Bangla Pesa. Bangla because it was a short form of a slum in Mombasa called Bangladesh, where this community currency or form of community currency had been introduced. So for me, it was very easy to relate now when Adam took us through the model in a very you know illustrative way and with a lot of diagrams just to see how that flow flows from one person in the community to the other. So it was easy to connect the dots from what I'd heard about Bangla Pesa which is Bangla money, in, if I would say it well, and then community inclusion currency. And, and Kenya being one of those countries that I think are very receptive to new ideas and new uh, in, innovations in that sense, it was easy to then come on board and, and really, you know, wholeheartedly get into it with the guidance of Adam and the team. How has the people in in Mukuru, how have they adapt, adapted this uh, community inclusive currency? So. I think it's important to understand how we rolled out the platform in Mukuru. So when we started Mukuru, we had about 600 users. Uh, over the next month and a half or so, it went up to close 
um, to around 5,000 households, right? So that's that's pretty dramatic. And the idea of using the CIC in Makuru in, in Kayaba was specifically around behavior change. And it was also about information and communication. And the way the Kenya Red Cross and the Danish Red Cross worked together with, with um, grassroots economics was um, essentially to work directly with the Chamas uh, who were who had the um, the community-based disaster response volunteers, who essentially would go out and work closely with the community members, and essentially teach them about sanitation, uh, teach and help them change behavior, in order to um, kind of get them into this network. And as a result of that, that training process, which was kind of microtasking in some ways not only increased their knowledge, but brought a bit, a bit of currency and, and, and a cash transfer into their pockets. And so we were able to um, essentially get these users and these members signed up into our network so that in the future we could also um, populate their wallet or inject their wallets, their digital wallets, because it's a mobile phone-based solution, with additional cash transfer in the case of other kinds of perils. Um, what we also do at the same time is that every time they're spending or every time they're using these community tokens, uh, we capture that data. And so that data then helps us understand how implementations are being are, are, are used and the performance. But it's not so much that we're interested in counting the dollars that are used, we're more interested in economic value. And so the way the community members use this is to continue to trade these tokens amongst themselves over the period of months and months. And so yeah, an important like metric for us, and which sort of goes to the point of how do they use it, um, for every donor dollar that we inject into the system, we get about $10 worth of economic value. So it's basically a, a 10x or a, 10, a multiplier of 10, which means we have a lot of effectiveness and efficiency with our donor assistance. But it also means that the people that have these tokens are trading it amongst themselves at a velocity, at a rate, that is really similar to, to what you would see in the United States with the US dollar. Um, so that, that credit or the additional liquidity that we're giving and providing really helps with the commerce and it helps increase like livelihoods. And we can see from the data how the tokens are being used on a dashboard, which essentially shows you know water, which was the fourth most um, kind of popular good uh, before COVID became the number one in the course of a month and a half or so, as did food, whereas labor kind of dropped down from, from below because jobs are harder to find. So we really could say that the money, the donor funding going into these communities was used for basic goods and services. Like Adam said, because one of our partners, Grassroots Economics, has been had already introduced this concept in Kayaba in one of the villages in Mukuru, it has been very easy for the Red Cross to come in and introduce this uh, concept in the other villages, especially now during the COVID-19. And I think because of the brand of the Kenya Red Cross, like I've said, and the good working relationship they've had with the community, it was very easy because the community education and creation of awareness and information sharing has been done uh, very well and very systematically by the locals who are uh, residents in Mukuru and who are also volunteers of the Red Cross. So the selling point was also very easy and very clear in terms of the messaging and also just understanding the concept and seeing how 
because as you probably may know uh, people in the slum areas a lot of them know each other very well they have lived together as a family and they have this strong social connection such that when there's a solution that comes to be brought on board then they are very eager to also share to their neighbors so the onboarding was very easy in that aspect Dorothy, would you maybe explain to us how you have used COVID-19, you have used community inclusive currency during COVID-19? Seeing that uh, in the informal settlements, the needs around sanitation, which is the key, um, you know, the key uh, focus in terms of COVID-19 prevention, ensuring that people can ensure they're cleaning their hands, they are wearing their masks and all these kind of things and sanitizing, and knowing the challenges in the slum as to people even accessing water, one because the water is not available itself or if it's available it's too expensive for people to buy with cash and as you know covid-19 had of course affected people's livelihoods as i said most of these residents are in informal jobs with the closure of the country and a lot of restrictions meant that companies were were reducing their workforce people could not go to the industries they work from a lot of the people could not just attend to their you know daily businesses like markets where they're selling second hand clothes which meant that they didn't really have the currency, the, you know, the legal tender or sufficient of it to really trade around themselves. So this concept was, of course, a very unique one and a good um, support mechanism to our redesigning of uh, supporting these communities in, as far as COVID-19 prevention. And, and therefore, the, the adoption was easy in the sense that they could then trade amongst themselves so such that the water vendor could get his charcoal from his neighbor while the charcoal guy could get water from this vendor to clean his hands for example so it's been working kind of like an innovative cash distribution yes it's been an innovative uh, mechanism or approach to this uh, covid response by ensuring that communities have the e vouchers or the digital currencies to be able to access these uh, hygiene items The usage of community inclusive currency has grown by 500 percentage in urban areas in response to COVID-19, with a total of 30,000 households in Kenya. These households, through community inclusive currency, have generated over 300,000 trades, equivalent of over 1 million US dollars in value. Currently, daily trading value is around $5,000, which is keeping communities and economies alive during the COVID crisis. The solution captures transactional data written to the Ethereum blockchain, and we can therefore view the transactions in real time as they transpire in the field. The transactional data confirmed that the amount of water and food and sanitation items acquired with community inclusive currency increased with more than 100 percentage between March 2020 and April 2020. So what would happen is that uh, in the first step, we would go to a community and we sit down with the community elders and you know Dorothy and the team from Kenya Red Cross would sit down with the elders and they would have a conversation about the types of goods and services that they may have that could be you know selling water it could be um boda boda rides it could be chapatis it could be any goods and services that are in the community and then you essentially wrap those goods and services and you say that these goods and services are worth a certain amount of money and after that you then go ahead and say okay well right now in the community you might be worth say $10,000 so we'll give you $10,000 worth of tokens and these $10,000 in tokens represent all the goods and services that you have in your community now you can trade amongst yourselves that's the first step 
And so once the community understands how they can buy and sell their goods and services using these tokens, the next step is for us to apply a different layer of capital, which is essentially donor transferred cash, cash transfer and voucher assistance. And this donor funds will go into the community in the form of, uh, of uh, cash in a reserve, like a bank account. And then for every token or for every, sorry, for every say donor dollar, we will then issue a new token to the community. So what we've done essentially is to increase the, the liquidity within the community by using our donor assistance to essentially back this up uh, together with the goods and service of the community. The really important thing is, is that we're not actually increasing the monetary supply or the cash supply of a country. All you're doing is increasing the, the credit or the flow of currency or the, the, the flow of liquidity within a community because this, this flow, this additional community um, currency is backed by goods and services, right? It's a social medium of exchange. It's trust. Dorothy, would you maybe um, would you maybe talk about some of the feedback that you have received from the people in Makuru? Yeah, I think uh, one of the feedbacks that we have received and I think is important to highlight is that uh, the community as much as has been very willing and uh, happy to join on to this uh, concept and of course I found it very useful, especially in these COVID times, is that they still need for a lot of additional community um, education on it, especially on the technicalities of the concept. And when I talk about technicalities is around understanding when they can cash out um, the, the, the funds because from the digital currency then you can of course through the, the Kenya uh, e-money platform, the M-Pesas and, and the Airtel money, the, and of course, Adam, this you can explain better. You were able to, at some point, cash out into, you know, the, the actual monies or, you know, retain some of the sarafu or the currency on your phone. There's also the data that's collected. And the question is, how do we use this data going forward to make the response um, more uh, informative and acute to exactly what's happening on the ground? And what we're working on now is to take the data and to create these predictive applications and these predictive solutions so that individual community health workers can see in almost real time what's happening on the ground and how they engage with the community members. And so they can actually test drive and drag race different interventions and solutions to see which ones will have the most impact. What do you think the prospects are of uh, community inclusive currency in, in Kenya Red Cross and uh, the Danish Red Cross supported programs? Yeah, I think uh, we have a very positive outlook towards um, the CIC, both in Kenya Red Cross and uh, of course within Mukuru. And uh, I say this within Kenya Red Cross because uh, the department that has been spearheading this CIC, which is the innovation uh, department, has also made a lot of effort to ensure that colleagues from both the disaster or the ops teams, the health teams, basically the program team, has been involved from the start of this uh, concept development and also the implementation. And we see a lot of uh, mainstreaming efforts being put in place to ensure that this can be carried on as part of, for example, the CTP or the cash transfer programming that Kenya Red Cross is actually very active on in, uh, in this country. So the prospects are really good to see that then this can be used alongside the um, cash where you don't really have to do the cash. 
you can still do CICs, for example. I don't think we can do these things without the local support. And um, it's it's been phenomenal, like really, really terrific. And I think what we're looking forward to now is to think about like safety social net and how do we integrate the programs into government um, support uh, solutions, things that are you know supported by um, donors today, like the World Bank and DFID around the protection safety net, um, social safety net. Um, because you know, if we want to make this really um, a tool and a solution for communities, it can't be a parallel system. It really has to be at least integrated into what's available today. Um, par making parallel systems are not just expensive, but they're inefficient. And again, the Danish Red Cross has certain resources, but we don't have unlimited resources. And if we want this to really be successful, it, it has to be um, self-sustaining. And we have to find ways to make that um, to make that happen. Sure, it's going to be really uh, interesting to to follow the community inclusive currency, but also the other innovation projects that you're working on, Adam, uh, linking to to community inclusive currency. Community Inclusion Currency is implemented by Kenyan Red Cross Society and supported by Danish Red Cross together with Grassroot Economics, Accenture Development Partnerships, Block Science, Innovation Norway, Doen Foundation, DSV, Norwegian Red Cross and Gitcoin. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Danish Red Cross.